I have words and ears and other sense-related organs. That's, I'm not gonna lie to you, that, that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> you don't wanna hear about the tendrils I have to sense things? I just got an MRI of one of my tendrils. Oh, that's fun. It was fairly uncomfortable. All, all your liquids in the right places? I mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Let's do this. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023, and we're your hosts, Hunter Pond and Raul Torres. Say, where's Zachary? Donde está Zacharia? Ruli, I said it last week, and I have to say it again this week. I thought we were getting back to normal. We were past the anniversaries and the milestones and the special guests. It was going to be the three of us, the triumvirate, QQing together. And now both of you have to go and, like, you know, do fun things. What the fuck, man? Seriously? Wait, I, things? I think, I mean, I mean, I do consider catching up on sleep as fun, so. But what did you do last week? Was that not fun? Did you not meet up with old friends you hadn't seen in years and eat delicious, delicious ramen by the sea while your children cried tears? Wait, wasn't that last week? That was, wasn't it? That was last week. That was oh, last yeah. week. Yeah, I, I got lucky enough to see Tom in person. It was oh, fantastic. It was great. And your children cried. <laughs> oh, my children kept crying and crying. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Did your wife fucking kill you when you got home? <laughs> no, no, she was glad because as soon as I got home, like I, um, I or- I ordered some. Um, I think it was it was it during the prime days or whatever. Like the only <laughs> thing I got was just like like um a random book, but it was like this book that includes Legos and it's like five minute builds. So like once the girls eventually got home, I was like, hey, let's build Legos, and she's like, okay, let's build Legos, and then everything was fine. The world was back in order. Hooray! I'm sure there's a moral from the Lego movie, but I don't know what it is and I don't care. Really, <laughs> this is Quest 302. Can you review these video games? Question mark? Really, a major, major video game website has put out a call to arms. Did you click on that link? Oh, there's a link somewhere? Where's the link? Uh, it's in Mumble. Come on, man. I'm going to oh, edit all this out. Dear listener, everything... think we're fucking amateurs. Everything's everywhere all the time. I don't know. It's true. Okay. So tell your right. listener what you just clicked on. Uh, let's see. IGN.com. Quest. Ratings and reviews needed. What was that first word? Quest. Oh, it's made for us, dude. They made this as a, as a tribute to the QQ cast. IGN loves us. They give us a I, 6 I'm, out of 5 out of 10. I'm more so concerned with this uh, how long to beat thing which is 582 hours is, is this like what oh yeah i hope you weren't planning on sleeping for the next few weeks we're doing this bro <laughs> did you file for that vacation um i i don't know i have no idea okay so here's the deal uh ign has this list they quote need user reviews basically they want fucking content <laughs> but they have organized this there's 50 games and there's uh they're organized in five per row so my plan here is we're going to alternate rows. We're going to gamify this, right? So on the first row, there's five games. You get to pick one and talk about them, or talk about it. In the next row, I get to pick one and talk about it. And we alternate going down until we hit the bottom. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Okay. Who's going first, you or me? Um, I'll go first, so you can have a harder time deciding on row, row two. <laughs> All right, dear okay, listener, so if- uh, Ruli's going to read out the five games, and he's going to pick one. What do we got on row one? 
All right, so we've got Ridge Racer, EverQuest, Street Fighter 2, and Mist. And? Um, I'm going to go with wait, Street and? Fighter. Wait, and? There's five per row. What's the fifth? Oh, wait, wait. Oh, you know what's funny? Um, is it a reactive UI? Oh, it is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So never mind. I, I guess I do get this one in Super Mario World. <laughs> <laughs> well, that changed my answer real Fuck quick. Fuck you, Web 3.0. Um, yeah, Super Mario World. 10 out of 10. Thanks for playing. Wow, this is a this is a quick cast. All right, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. We'll be back next week. Bye. How? I think it's one of the few Mario worlds where I definitely went the completest completest route. Did you? Um, were you able to get it to go to fall mode? Into fall mode? Is that where the world turns into like fall colors? Yeah. I don't remember this. I'm a little embarrassed. Ooh, okay, so like, really? like um, Star World, right? Like, whenever you get to Star World, yeah, of course, you have to beat all the levels, all the Star World levels, which are damn near impossible. Yeah. I think once you once you kind of get closer to the end, uh, but once you beat them all, go to the center star, you get transformed, and now it's like a, like it's basically a fall skin. Um, doesn't change anything, just a couple of the views of the um, of the enemies. I think the only one I actually remember is like for the little piranha plant that creates little ladders. It turns into a pumpkin. There's other kind of little random things there, but uh, it's it that that I think that's like the completionist. Well, it's one of the completionist things to do in that one. Just gotta gotta beat all the things. Yeah, I mean, I man, we had Mario World when I was pretty young. The Star Road stuff. Well, some of it was fun and simple because you just got the colored Yoshi's. Some of that shit got fucking hard. I'm certain oh, yeah. I never actually one hundred percented that game. I did replay it recently. Uh, my girlfriend and I play through uh, old games occasionally, so we did go through Super Mario World, we went through Donkey Kong Country 2, we went through Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. So Mario World, man, what a great what a great game, what a tight game. I'm still that one of those people that thinks Mario uh, Super Mario 3 is better, but I mean, you're comparing like 10 out of 10s to each other, so how, what the yeah. fuck are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's... Mario 3 is amazing for the NES, right? I, th I think that's, like, probably best on system, but I think... Or Super least... Mario All-Stars, and just saying, well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, like, like Super Mario World, I think that was, like, at least with the technology boost, there's a lot of really cool things going on, so... Oh, fuck know. yeah, dude. I, the S the SNES just unlocked the potential of 2D games. It just was the, the pinnacle of 2D games, in my opinion, and just uh, incredible. Yeah, by the way, so the orange box is the greatest single box value of video games ever. But runner-up, number two, has got to be Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World. One cartridge with all fucking... Is it actually five of those games because it has the lost levels? Goddamn, what a, what a cartridge. Does does that count, though? Because I don't recall... Was like was that ever sold as an individual unit? Because I could have sworn that that was only available at like, the console itself. No, 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 no. It, the game... The console launched with Super Mario World as a pack-in. Then they made Super Mario All-Stars, which had the first uh, three games plus the lost levels, i.e. the real Mario 2. Mm -hmm. And then they did make another... Like, it was like the... Oh, God. Super Nintendo Gold or Player's Choice. Whenever it hit a certain number of copies sold, they made another version that had... Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World on one cartridge. Okay. Fucking badass. All right, moving on. Row two is Shenmue, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Diablo, Super Mario Kart, and Star yeah, Star Wars. I was going to say Super Star Wars. Star Wars <laughs> Rogue Squadron. Oh, fuck, dude. You're making me pick between Link to the Past and Super Mario Kart. Well, 
I did just go on the Super Mario Kart ride at Universal, so I guess we're doing Super fucking Mario Kart, aren't we? Ooh, fun. Yeah, man, so this this game, for, you know, all the nerds out there will know, but I'm going to say the stupid trivia anyway. This game was made after F-Zero. They said, we really want to make a two-player F-Zero. And Shingeru Miyamoto, being kind of a curmudgeon his entire career, was like, nope, you got to do better than that. So... (laughs) I don't know. I think they wanted to incorporate weapons and weirdness, and I forget what the inspiration for carts was specifically, but they came up with, okay, we're actually going to turn this into a Mario game, it's going to be a kart racer, and yeah, the whole onus, though, was on making a two-player version of the racing game. Dude, this game was amazing. I can't tell you how much I played it as a kid. I've still played it as an adult. Uh, Trey and I have thrown down through every Mario Kart throughout the ages our entire lives, but not even checking into the whole franchise, just Super Mario Kart... The, the physics are janky as fuck, but it's frankly just part of the charm. You're just playing in this alternate reality where physics and, you know, they're upside down. It's, God, it's amazing. Did they introduce the uh, jump drifting in this one or was that in subsequent ones? Uh, I don't, they, they had jump drifting, but I don't think you got sparks in the first one. The first one was just you could make turns faster and not lose momentum so you absolutely were doing these crazy again physics breaking slides by doing jumps but you couldn't do the the shuffle back and forth sparks that became a franchise staple okay yeah this also also had coins they removed coins but brought them back you know much later they have now in uh mario kart 8 etc all the enemies in this had one special move they didn't use items like you did they, you know, like Bowser had a fireball, Donkey Kong had uh, the bananas, Yoshi had a, an egg. So there was, they had to make some concessions to make it work, but, oh man, what a fun, what a fun game. And the versus mode in this, again, I can't, countless hours of fighting each other in versus mode. Um, was this also the introduction of Rainbow Road? Yeah, dude, the original Rainbow Road is on this. And actually, all the Mario Karts throughout the ages have remade old tracks, and I forget which... Oh my god, I forget which Mario Karts have the original Rainbow Road. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe might have the original Rainbow Road remade, and I just, I love when they remake the original polygonal maps, because there's just something about those (laughs) that are just kind of like unnatural and fun to slide through. Yeah. And yeah, I love the original Rainbow Road, especially the one that it's remade in, and I I think that's Mario Kart 8, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's that that one is aid because I I remember playing that and just being so angry with myself because I cannot power slide or anything on that <laughs> map. I was constantly falling off. It's just it's the the track is not designed for the new mechanics and it shows. So. Yeah, which is like part of the fun to me. It's like no no no, these are right angles, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love that game. I think I have like literally two shirts uh, of Mario Kart because I'm a nerd. Moving on, Ruli, row number three. All right, we have Battle Arena Toshinden, Super Mario 64, Super Metroid, Super Silent Hill, and Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> Super Silent Hill, we're all just, that's fucking great. <laughs> okay, so... This is a tough column, or tough row, what are you going to pick? Uh, actually, it's it's super easy, even, though, there's silent, it's, even though Silent Hill's there, um, Donkey Kong Country. Oh, I love fuck. platformers so much, I just have such a special place for platformers in my heart, and... I know that Super Mario World is is number one, but Donkey Kong Country comes in a very fun, good number two. Yeah. So, okay, Um, we need to talk about just Donkey Kong Country itself. But one quick question. Do you... The the internet basically says Donkey Kong Country 2 was the peak of the country games, at least until Tropical Freeze. For me, it's Donkey Kong Country 1, because I have the nostalgia and the fondness in my heart. Which, Which camp are you in? Um... 
I mean, two was better. Damn. But what? I mean, it's it's because uh, that's that's one where they. Um, I I don't know what it is having characters that have that um, jumping and drifting ability because yeah. that was Trixie Kong like always just add some more additional fun and I think it was and Dixie strategy. Kong. <laughs> no, I'm serious. What? I think it was Dixie, not Trixie. I thought it was. I mean, I don't know who it is. Yeah, whatever. No, whatever. No, yeah, no, she is. Those. She is the best character, definitely. Okay, but we got it. We got to get back to talking about Donkey Kong Country, the original game the hey we're gonna take these uh 3d workstations that jurassic park used we're gonna pre-render all this shit make it look fucking incredible and we're gonna make just a badass fun platformer in general with animal buddies and all this crazy shit so what's uh what's your fond memories of donkey kong country oh i I mean i think just like the initial levels where they introduced the animals and just getting on a rhinoceros and just smashing through the entire level was rambi the rhino Um, trying to think as well. Like I'm, I'm ninety percent sure though this could be just fever dream. Um, that you, it actually had a legit two player mode where you actually, whenever you swapped out between characters, you actually could play the other person. Right? That's 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 the oh. thing, right? They had two different two player modes, and one of them was co op, but you couldn't play simultaneously. So was it? Yeah, was it like when Diddy Kong was yeah, you, up, player two control yeah, you, Diddy Kong? Yeah, you you get tagged in or something like that, and I I know that that made at least playing with with brothers and other smaller <laughs> entities in the room a lot easier and more fun so. sounds about right um yeah because you basically set them up okay like hey here's this big trump oh it's your turn oh you're dead okay that's my turn bye <laughs> oh, man. um yeah and I, I think what's what what was interesting about donkey kong country was if i recall not every level, but like there was a whole bunch of like secrets and stuff within it that oh, made yeah. it loads of fun to play. And I, I know the other one specifically was the um, this this is back in the Nintendo Power days where um, there's no way would you know anything of, unless you know you <laughs> you talk to someone or you subscribe to a magazine. And oh yeah, there's no the internet, there's no to, IGN. Yeah. yeah, so like my mind was completely blown when um, I, I I enjoyed the, the what is what's it called the minecart level. Oh um, my god, Minecart Carnage is the first one. But they totally had a cheat for that. You could just jump off and sacrifice yourself at the beginning of the stage, and there's a barrel yep. there that just yep. launches you to the end. Yep, and so it was always I, a don't I, use that, because like we <laughs> did know about it. Don't fucking use it. <laughs> um Yeah, I think it was maybe just visible. I don't I don't remember, but I I, I, I remember. think it was one of those things I, where I just I think if it, you I think if you duck, it lowers the screen a few pixels and you can see the top. Mm of the barrel i think that's how you can see it yeah i think like other little things too where like like you start off the first stage from his house and like they typically think you're not going to go back to the house but guess what you can totally can and there's bananas there so many bananas and like a one-up um, balloon or something yeah yeah there's just the one-up balloon or something but like it, it's um i think it had it, it was nice to have another platformer that had its own kind of sense of humor sense of mechanics you know just just it definitely felt like a different flavor of platformer to kind of complement the whole mario games that were you know available so it was good i i really enjoyed it it's one of my favorite games oh god i want to sit here and just keep talking about it but we have to move on i will say that indiana jones and the temple of doom that is like what inspired all minecarts and video games and this was so clearly inspired by it mm-hmm. so badass and hard hard as fuck oh my god <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, this is row number four. Soul Calibur, Star Fox, Sonic Adventure, Chrono Trigger, and Super Parappa the Rappa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, fuck, dude. I mean, Soul Calibur was great. 
I kind of want to talk about Star Fox, but I have to talk about fucking Chrono Trigger because right now my girlfriend's actually playing through it. So she'll play at night and I'll just watch her and, and help her occasionally. Dude, this is the greatest RPG ever made. It really is. It's not just nostalgia and rose tinted glasses. The story is great. The pass, the pacing is so rapid fire. There's for the for, after playing for about ten hours, we got to the first point in the game where we actually had to grind out a couple of levels, and we <laughs> didn't even spend an hour doing it. The nice. characters are expressive. The the uh, attacks and abilities are so fucking cool and creative. Like everything about this game is incredible. No random battles, real-time systems, uh, combo attacks, spatial attacks where the geography of the map matters. It's just, oh my god, the relics are good. Like, I just have nothing but praise to heap on this game. And like I said, I'm, I'm watching her play through it right now. This is not rose-tinted glasses. This thing is fucking phenomenal, even compared to shit like Octopath Traveler in this day and age. So... I'm not trying to call that shit. I'm just saying that's like kind of the big, most recent JRPG. And this is phenomenal. Oh, really, you have played this, haven't you? No, I haven't. <laughs> Get off the podcast. What are you doing what's, here? What's the best way to play that? Is, is there like an iOS version or a Switch version or what? So excellent question. Um, as much as I love the SNES ROM, uh, I would tell you the definitive way to play, which you're not going to do, is the actual the DS re-release is, I would say, the best version pretty much hands down. Since you're not going to whip out your DS or your 3DS in order to do that, although you should, the next best way to play is you have a Steam Deck. There is a Steam version of Chrono Trigger. It started out like a real piece of shit because it was a port from the phone and it had Arial as the font and it just botched a bunch of things, <laughs> but they have fixed it. And so actually I had my girlfriend try both the original ROM and the Steam version, and she ended up preferring the Steam version when I asked her why. She said, well, the menus are bigger. It's easy for me to, like, read and digest the menus. And it's like, all right, it's hard to argue with that. I have yeah. some arguments about some of the art, like the icons in the menus are smooth, which is very uh, jarring compared to the pixel graphics. But uh, it's hard to argue that, yeah, the, the user interface in the UX is definitely improved over the original. So that's the way I would suggest you play it. Okay. Um, we, we may get into this later, but, um, I did dust off my, uh, 3DS a month or two ago to do things to it because things were happening. <gasps> um, so. Did you buy shit on the store? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I did not buy things from the store. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, we should, uh, we should do a, you know, fuck it. Really? It's the QQ rambles. Hey dear listener. This is another entry in the unfortunately recurring segment, the QQ cast rambles. So, three, two, one, let's jam. Tell me about how you modded your 3DS. <laughs> yeah, so um, apparently there's this like 20 step process that goes through like seven different hoops. Um, honestly, I am far more impressed that a community has gotten together to figure out how to do a jailbreak of your 3DS more than anything else because it is damn complicated. Nothing um, inspires and unite nerds like fucking I think piracy. The, the, the <laughs> most impressive part of it was one of the hacks to like load up data is it basically spoofed like a um, Wi-Fi endpoint. So you could connect to the endpoint and then inject data into it and stuff. It's, it was crazy. Um, Neat. And and I will say, everything about it is stupid complex, and everything about it is just like ridiculous and overly complicated. But I did it, and well, 
So I've watched, I I watched some videos on it, and my understanding is that, yes, it is ridiculously complex and crazy and unbelievable, but that in this day and age, there are step-by-step guides you oh, yeah, have a hard yeah. time fucking up. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- I, again, like, like, kind of all the compliments to the community. They have, like, a very easy-to-follow guide, so many pictures, so many checkpoints of, like, are you sure that you have this file that says 01x534b in your directory? Great, keep going. If not, <laughs> then you need to go download blah 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 executor rom 734 and it's just like it's really really annoying but i mean it's it's you can tell that someone put a lot of time into it and that person is probably someone who is professional that makes real world tech documents because it it was pretty foolproof it's fucking awesome so okay before we move on from this topic what did you put on the ds did you just the 3ds did you just do that for the sake of doing it or did you put something on and play it a little bit um, I did it for the sake of doing it. Um, I was still dipping my toes in the water to figure out what are the uh, more legit, illegitimate places to go to to get things. Um, I downloaded a couple of things, but again, like I, I just didn't try it too much. I, I, I think the whole flashing part was like an hour worth of time. But, you know, it is what it is. Back in, like, 2007, I went to QuakeCon, and now I never need to download another SNES ROM ever again. Just saying. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah no if I didn't if I didn't have the deck and if MU deck wasn't so amazing I would be tempted to go dig that out but I I love this I have just completely and utterly fallen in love with the Steam Deck I've got you know MU deck on there I've actually played a bunch of 3DS games on it and I've actually bought a second dock so I can keep one at my house and one wherever I want to go I just oh god I'm nice, smitten with nice. the deck but we have to move on okay the next row dear listener is NBA Jam Disney's Aladdin wait, Super wait, you Doom you skipped one you totally skipped one I did what huh Super Mario World 2? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I was looking at the one I would have to do. Ah, Exactly. Ha, 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 ha. You go. So, the row that I have, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Final Fantasy 6, and The Secrets of Mana. Oh, God, dude. I wish I had this fucking row as opposed to the next one. All right. What are you talking about? Hey, the next row is pretty good, too. So, I think I'm going to have to go with Mortal Kombat 2. God, fucking damn it. I'm sorry. You you go by like good video games. I go by like cultural phenomena. <laughs> you tell me, was there ever a touring show for Secret of Mana or Final Fantasy? No. Secret of Manamana. But there was a touring show of Mortal Kombat where people would go and do katas and punch each other in the face on a on, on a stage it's and true. try to sync up to a video recording that was totally out of sync to what was happening because they were probably <laughs> recorded it two months ago and yeah it, it was a thing um what, one comment that in in the real world irl as the kids call it there is yoshi's island art and a yoshi's island room at universal studios uh california for the mario kart ride just saying a room there's a room that's painted not, like not Yoshi's a, Not a stadium, just just a single room. <sighs> Fine. Okay, okay. okay. Fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, did did Mortal Kombat two people sing songs like the Ninja Turtles? No. Okay, just please talk about Mortal Kombat two. I, I, I'm sure there's a Toasty song remix out there. Toasty. But there's a, but there was a whole bunch of. I could have swear that there was a whole bunch of like Mortal Kombat music that came with the movie. But also, let's see, when two came out, there was one sound that came with the movie, and that's all we needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- no, I mean, like, 2 is such a cultural phenomenon. I, th- I think it was probably up there as, like, one of the prime examples of video games are destroying our children. Look at all this blood coming out of this person when you 
take off your hat and chop them in half. <laughs> like, it's just like, well, it's a silly game. Come on, it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, Mortal Kombat 1 using, you know, the, the pre-captured, not rendered, pre-captured footage of, of fighters and having blood in it was like this big upset. That got people's attention. But then, as I recall, and this is me remembering shit that's probably not accurate, Mortal Kombat 2 was the pinnacle of the original trilogy. And I do know that that was the first one. The original one was censored on the SNES. It didn't have blood. I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat 2 at that point was just like, yep, we all have blood now. So, <laughs> I think. Also, didn't it have, like, the first one didn't have smoke or Cyrax or whatever, and so then they added a bunch more robots into Mortal Kombat 2 because palette swaps are cheap and fans wanted it? Um, I think that might have been three, but who oh, knows? Okay. Everything just blurs together. Yeah. Speaking of which, this Mortal Kombat here, this is not Mortal Kombat 1. Wink, wink, haha. Oh, dear God. Um, which, uh, <laughs> Homelander is going to be in, by the way. Homelander's <laughs> bringing fucking everything, apparently. Just waiting for that Fortnite skin. It's gonna oh, happen. Geez. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyways, so I think I talked more about the cultural impact. Uh, the game was fun. I remember distinctly just blowing so much money on this game when it came out as a kid. Um, getting pizza and getting, you know, punching people in the face, always fun. Um, <laughs> again, like, like, it's always fascinating just kind of talking about games around, I guess this was 90s, right? Yeah, this had to be like 90s, 90s, kind of early aughts. Um, and that, like, I mean, I kid you not, I would be like, hey, how did you do this fatality? Because I have no idea how to do it. And I'm like, I hope I can remember to do it later on. Um, you know, just yeah. like magazines and junk like that. It just, it just... It's just so appealing, the social aspect of these games at the time, you know, just going up and just trying to, you know, beat someone up after they've had like a 10, you know, win streak or something like that. It just, it's, it's loads of fun. It's, uh, it's, it's a whole kind of interaction that I just don't think can be recreated. So I think there's memories with that too, that are just, you know, fun. Oh yeah, totally. I, I could do street fighter moves. I could never do any of the Mortal Kombat moves. Mo like mostly because the fatalities, I didn't know what the fuck they were. And like we said earlier, you couldn't just go on the internet and be like, how do I do Liu Kang's fatality? And if it wasn't, <laughs> like you said, if it wasn't a Nintendo power. Fuck if I know. Okay, moving on. Uh, the next row is I already read off. NBA Jam, Aladdin, Super Doom, <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl, and Final Fantasy IX. So I wish I could talk about Final Fantasy IX, but I really can't. I've tried to play that game once or twice, and despite being the swan song of the fantasy turn-based RPGs, the last one made by uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi. I just never really played it. So of the others here, I guess I have to talk about Doom because we had we originally got the shareware version of Doom for our 386. You had to install it off of multiple discs <laughs> and you had to boot in DOS to launch it. And I mean, my parents didn't realize how violent it was, but oh my God, how awesome was this? <laughs> And I don't, again, I don't know how we learned the codes, right? But IDKFA, I do kick fucking ass. And <laughs> what's the BFG gun to give you all the guns? Like, those are the two codes that mattered. Yeah. And so walking around, doing a shooter, oh my God, it was so smooth. This was another one of those games that at its moment in time, at least little Tom, I had not seen anything like this. This was truly mind-blowing. There is a reason it became what it was. I understand that Wolfenstein came before it. But I didn't have Wolfenstein. And when you looked at the smoothness of the frame rates and the fluidity of the, the motion and the geography and the geometry of the rooms and the fact that there were actually two levels now, things could be above you without having to aim, Doom was just a technical fucking marvel. And I wish John Carmack hadn't become a complete asshole in his old age like everyone else. Let's not talk <laughs> about that. But yeah, what a, what a fucking game. Where did, where did you start with Doom? 
Um, I think it might have been like an SNES version, actually. There was an SNES version. It's right here on my wall behind me. I can't see because <laughs> this isn't a video podcast. But I'm sure you're pointing at it and smiling. I, I, I did. I did. It's right there. <laughs> you want to go yeah, get yeah, it and I'm, tap I'm pretty, on it? I'm pretty sure I played the SNES version. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, just like, um, I mean, when I played it as a kid, I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, silly, silly first person shooter. Yay. Um, but actually, I think when I when I learned like, like when they actually talked more about like like the rendering engine and how it works, it's just like it's like a technical masterpiece in the sense of like all oh, the yeah. ideas and concepts to it of just like it, it's it sounds like something you could probably do with like you know use JavaScript to render with you know some you know, some, some tenacity and stuff like that. But like the fact that it was done back then and just like the, the just the whole idea to it, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, if you run it in Chrome with uh, literally one thousand times the memory and 200 times the processing power you could almost make it run as smooth <laughs> yeah uh, no it's we we make the joke that that skyrim can run on basically anything ever right runs on pieces of driftwood mm. runs on your toaster but true fact not only has doom imported everything its mother someone made doom run on and really i'm not joking okay dear listener i'm serious right now i think i know what you're gonna say a home pregnancy test I, I I didn't think that would. I did see that. I thought you were going to say refrigerator. But, um... <laughs> no, that's that, that was fucking easy. Your refrigerator can talk to Twitter. <laughs> no, someone got Doom running on a goddamn home pregnancy test because yeah, I remember seeing why that. That's wild. Fuck not. And yeah. on that note, Ruli, next row. Um. All right. Panzer Dragon Two is a is a we is a why? We you. We you. Echo the tides of time. Sonic the Hedgehog. Act Razor in Super Bomberman. Please talk about Act Razor. Please talk about Act Razor. I've never played that game. God damn it! <laughs> um, I think I'll have to go with Sonic. Of as much course. as I, as much as I like Bomberman, Sonic Sonic's some, got got the need for speed, running fun time. Um, the Rings. The movie was good. It's a fun <laughs> this game. This isn't about the movie, you asshole. <laughs> but what inspired the movie? The game. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but um, people forget Sonic 1 didn't... Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think it had Tails. It didn't have this like the spin dash. It was awesome, but it's not what people... I think it's not what people remember it as. I think everyone really remembers like Sonic's 2 and 3 and Knuckles. So I'm, I'm not trying to take away from Sonic the Hedgehog, but I, I think everyone has much more rose-tinted glasses for this entry than the others. Well, and I think that's fair, but again, it's just, it's, you gotta respect where you came from, and I mean, I'm sure half the stuff we talk about Mario has nothing to do with the first one, so, you I know. mean, we could talk about the original Mario Brothers for Arcade! But why would we? I don't know. <laughs> Any, anyways, I, I know Zach is our resident Sega expert, because he had more of those systems growing up. I didn't have them, but I mean, I played them eventually at some point, and they're fun. It, it's, he's an iconic character, it's cool. All the cartoons, all the fun stuff. Yeah, so. I don't... I wish I had more to say about Sonic the Hedgehog for, for all the reasons you just said, right? Didn't have it. It was iconic, but I didn't play it that much. I believe that... So they had... Uh, recently, they had Sonic uh, Mania, which was Christian Whitehead, a fan guy, made a full game. It was amazing. And I think they took his engine to just make Sonic Origins re recently, whereas mm -hmm. where they remade the first three Sonic games in his new widescreen, faster, smoother, better engine. So I think that you can play the original Sonic in that as a better experience in this day and age. Maybe you can put that on your 3DS. Maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else to add before we transition? No, I'm, I'm good. And I think you probably have the hardest row. Oh, Jesus, I think it is. I think it is. Oh, my God. 
Ooh, so we have Super Road Rush 2, GoldenEye 007, Wipeout, Banjo-Kazooie, and Final Fantasy Tactics. Fuck me, dude. Fuck me. <laughs> now, sadly, Ruli, I would like to talk about all of these games. The one I actually played the least of this entire list is Banjo-Kazooie, and I know that's one of your all-time favorite games. It's so good. So I'm but so sorry. But there's other better games on this list. <laughs> yes. Now... I would actually really like to talk about Final Fantasy Tactics, but no, we have to talk, of course, about GoldenEye 007. Wow, I thought you were going to swap those. Uh, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be good. Like, I love FFT. Side note, I realized recently I've been playing a ton of indie games recently. Like, I've been on a complete binge because of my, my broken left hand. I've been playing one-handed stuff, lots of turn-based indie games. I have just come to realize I either no longer like turn-based, uh, grid-based tactics games, or maybe I never did, and just the allure of FFT was the right <laughs> place at the right time. I don't know. But anyway, that aside, GoldenEye 007, Jesus Christ, this game, four-player, multiplayer, story mode based off one of the best Bond movies ever, the unfortunately only good Pierce Brosnan movie. Um, oh, man, rare at the, the peak of their power. Of course, I played a metric fuck ton of perfect dark after this game i mean what what is there to say about goldeneye 007 that it hasn't been said i mean my, my brother and i had to get a fucking n64 to play this fucking game like i think we had had an n64 sold it to get a playstation and then sold the playstation to get n64 again to play <laughs> this fucking game i'm not kidding um what else is there to say i just i just i don't even know what to say about goldeneye 007 how do i how do i articulate this um slappers only complex oh jesus christ <laughs> yeah perfect dark's ability to have bots and more custom scenarios was arguably better but goddamn yeah slappers only or the golden gun or uh god the the world's shittiest slowest moving rockets firing across the temple <laughs> the biggest most open thing ever death from above oh man oh fuck me dude proximity so mines those were so fun Oh yeah, nothing but proximity mines. We're all just like, <laughs> just watching, walking. When am I gonna blow up? When am I gonna blow up? <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, I think it was just the multiplayer that made it right. It had that that social side of it, you know, too, where everyone you know has some memory of you know playing with folks and stuff like that. Um, I I remember enjoying the single player, but honestly, I I don't think I ever really wanted to play the single player at all. <laughs> Um, I think the single player was really good for its time and place, like remarkably good. Probably the best shooter ever to come out on console, hands down at that point. But no, it was the multiplayer that gave it its staying power. And I I heard a story, and I I don't believe this. I want to be really clear. I do not believe this. That originally GoldenEye was not going to have multiplayer, and that uh, towards the end of the the dev cycle, some devs like had a little game jam over the weekend and made the four-player multiplayer uh, start working. And then the boss was like, wow, this is really cool. We should ship it in the game. Knowing what it takes to make video games, I don't actually fucking believe that story. But <laughs> that would be crazy if it were true. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I think I have something that, that at least we haven't said here. Um, I think, honestly, one, one of the aspects of the game that never really gets talked about, but I, I really do think that the N64 controller made it what it was because i can't remember like okay like on the sds i know there was doom and other stuff but like i think it was a template for actually good first person shooter games 
That with three-handed that controller? Yeah, via, via the controller, right? Yeah. I mean, three-handed, but like, I don't think anyone played it, ever played it three-handed. It was like no. hand, hand in the middle on the trigger with the, what is it, like the uh, joystick to move. And the Z button. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I used the, the C buttons to move and R, holding R and the other one to aim better. Um but I think some people played it the other way around where you would move with the joystick. But either way, like, just, just I don't know, like, that, that mechanism of having, like, that kind of, like, trigger night like, like mechanic. Um, I mean, you you had it on the SNS controller originally, I think. I, I mean, I shoulder buttons were a thing. But I, I don't know, I, I do think, like, just, like, the just the mechanics of holding that with a rumble pack as well when you're shooting that that oh, AK47 forgotten yeah it's it's it, it's it's that that tactile experience that I think really like n- nowhere near actual simulation but I think it was way ahead of its time for what it was yeah so I have a it is remarkably difficult to get your hands on an official Nintendo N64 switch bluetooth controller because they're always out of stock but I do have one thanks to shout out <laughs> to my friend uh Mr. Bessie, he hooked me up because I don't know how he does that, but he does. And I actually, when Steam, Steam, Jesus fuck, (laughs) when Nintendo created the virtual console that had N64 games and Goldeneye came to it, I did get out that controller, bind it just so I could play Goldeneye 007 (laughs) on the N64 emulator with the original, you know, controller type. (laughs) And... It's probably just nostalgia that I really liked it because I did really like it but I can't tell you it was actually great. <laughs> I, I really liked it, and that's probably pure nostalgia talking. Now, however, it should be pointed out, I fucking loathe first-person shooters on controllers anyway. So maybe I'm just poisoned against the whole thing, but I really <laughs> did like playing it with that again. It was a lot of fun to do again. Fun. All right. Let's, All right, let's keep on, on going. So I'm, I'm honestly surprised that Bomberman is here twice, but whatever. So Saturn Bomberman, which is apparently different than Super Bomberman. Super Saturn Bomberman? Uh, WDF No Mercy, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Resident Evil 2, and Final Fantasy VII. These are, this is another tough row. Not as tough as the last one. This is another tough row. Um, I, I guess, I have, I have an idea. I know which one you're going to pick. Which one are you going to pick? Um, so I will say, I completed... Final Fantasy VII all the way to the end with everything, Ultimate Weapon, all the things, really? all the characters. I never yeah. knew that about you. Holy shit. Yeah, and that's why I've never wanted to play a JRPG <laughs> ever again because I'm like, that's it. I've, I've, I've done it. Like, what else is there to do? Like, I don't need to grind for it. Like, the, the, even the sheer idea of grinding to do anything is just, why? Why? Uh-huh. Um, I love Resident Evil 2, but, like, I, I replayed it again recently, and it's just, like, it's um, it's so clunky and not as fast-paced is something that's like devil may cry anymore and stuff where it's just like ugh. the modern um, remake with non-tank controls is supposed to be pretty good but hold on you're going through these games which one are you actually picking to talk about so i um do, do you know what the the backbone is by any chance the javascript framework that died <laughs> seven or eight years ago uh, I, I, I would probably be sure that it hasn't died it's still powering some site somewhere <laughs> uh no it's like um th- there's a peripheral for the iphone uh where it's basically you just plug it in and it's just you know controller for the side it's basically makes your io your ios device switch like or you know steam deck like whatever um so i've actually been playing more castlevania symphony night recently Holy on my shit. ios device and it's fun it's fun i just love jumping around and 
using shields to block things and trying to beat up monsters and stuff. It's fun. And uh, wow, I mean, played the game a long, long time ago on the, on the PlayStation and just wanted to kind of get back into some Castlevania stuff. And yeah, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. It's uh, has a lot of cool mechanics, has a cool music. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's Metroidvania at its prime because I think there's better stuff that have that like, have learned more from it, but mm-hmm. it's still really, really good. I mean, I think there is a really good reason that this game and Super Metroid, which weren't weren't that far apart when they were released, um, I forget exactly how many years, four, five mm-hmm. years apart. Um, it's I think there's a reason that it's called Metroidvania because of these two. I mean, arguably yeah. Castlevania two was the first of the, the you know, and Metro and Metroid one were the first of the Metroidvanias. But like to this day, people consider Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony like the the pinnacle of the genre. Now, not being a huge Metroidvania guy, but knowing the indie scene right now. I think there's a really good argument to be made. Modern Metroidvanias, yes, have learned so much and matured so much. But I have a super fondness for this game because I remember playing the shit out of it, really enjoying it. The style is incredible. Alucard is wonderful. I love Castlevania 3 so much. This clearly, well, the the anime was, the Netflix show was based mm-hmm. off Castlevania 3. Alucard is a huge part of that. And the art style is very clearly uh, influenced by this. This is me rambling to say how much I love this game for a variety of different reasons. You might be right. There might be better Metroidvanias out there in this day and age. I fucking love this and think people should play it. Also, it's gorgeous, even by today's standards, IMO. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the art's phenomenal. The coloring is phenomenal. The amount of style with the different uh, familiars and Alucard's uh, trails behind him and just, again, turning into the the different uh, animals and, and creatures. Oh, god damn, dude banger of a soundtrack oh man so fucking good so good all right last row metal gear solid driver quake breath of fire and mega man legends 2 well this is not that hard of a choice i think there's people out there who say (laughs) i should talk about quake fuck you i'm talking about metal gear solid oh man we had this game like i said we had a playstation at one point and we totally had this game what um hideo kojima is an unbelievably unique game designer and he has an interesting history just with metal gear solid aside from his you know horrible divorce from capcom and losing no konami i'm sorry konami, konami. and what happened metal gear solid 5 and it's completed blah, blah 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 aside from all of it there's there were times he clearly liked doing the franchise there was clearly times where he didn't which is kind of fucking with the franchise but man metal gear solid what what a masterpiece i'm not saying the other games that came after didn't get better in in, in other ways but what a f- fucking mind-blowing game when this came out like the fact that you really could like this was like we'd seen air quotes stealth before like just hide above an enemy or something but the fact that the enemies could trace your fucking footsteps in the snow that you put their bodies into lockers like that all sounds like normal these days but this game did that it had that crazy fucking narrative and looked like a god it was cinematic even those low res god playstation one games that are probably gonna look like shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it still had this cinematic camera and view. It had David Hayter as the voice of Solid Snake. Oh my god, dude. Just what a game. What a game. What a fucking game. And it's uh, very heavily inspired by things like Escape from New York. Obviously, Snake being the main character. But like, and it kept coming in via submarine. Oh my god. What a fucking game. Oh, you you talk for a second. I'm just, I gotta, I gotta drink over here. <laughs> um, so this this is one of those series where everything kind of blurs together. Um, I know I've played three Snake Eater because I actually played it on the 3DS too because that was a mind-blowing experience. Um, 
cardboard boxes. Cardboard boxes are fun uh, because yes. they can translate you to other places. Um, I'm trying to figure out though, like I'm trying to remember because I, I knew you were talking about stealth games. Like I specifically remember like three stealth games along at the same time. Tenchu, which had stealth in the name, stealth assassin. Okay. Um, I, I could have swore that Siphon Filter had some stealthiness to it, sure. or I could I'm be imagining sure, yeah. it. And then this one, right? And I feel like they all kind of dropped at the same time, so it was just kind of weird to have like, okay, games where you're trying to like not be seen and not do things. Um, so I, I think the first playthrough is definitely going all out military commando style, but like it is darn hard to play it. I, I don't know if it was as intended, but trying to actually be full on, like, don't have the annoying, you know, um, things, you know, going off and alerting people, just like getting through it and going through the grates and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like Metal Gear Solid struck a balance, though, because it was difficult to do it as pure stealth and it was difficult to do it as pure combat. So I think it was designed to be like, no, no, you, this is a stealth game. But when you fuck up, you're going to have a little fun. And I feel like it was very well balanced, but it's been a long time since I played it, so. Yeah. Um, again, like, I, th- I think, like, this is one of those games where, established, like, I mean, I didn't know anything about, what is it, Hideo Kojima? Is that it? I yes, probably, Hideo sorry. Yeah, yeah, before, but, like, I feel like even this game, like, definitely put in the on, on the map for me in the sense of just, like, art style, kind of, like, subversive weirdness. Um, I remember, like, one of the, big big gimmicky things that everyone was tripping out on was just um the interactions with psycho mantis and yes, it, they then he would read your memory card and then just this the silly gimmick of like oh just just plug your your controller into port two okay you can't, sure you can't read your mind anymore yeah. yeah yeah just silly stuff like that where it's just like it's it's again it sounds silly but like it does create memorable oh, very yeah. memorable experiences for like the whole thing and it's just like um yeah that meta self-awareness that slight breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. oh yeah and this to me was the game that that showed us all a video game could be cinematic yes we'd mm-hmm. had the final fantasy franchise but like this was wow kojima i mean it was like he should be making a fucking movie like this was cinematic to me Mm -hmm. right from the very opening when he's coming up to the elevator and the camera's facing Mm -hmm. upwards and it's moving slowly like oh god fucking beautiful yeah i'm trying to remember just how ridiculous he went with this one because honestly it 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 is the tamest out of all of them like other than psycho mantis i think most of the other end bosses were mostly stereotypical like i mean what like liquid snake at the end was this boss i don't even remember yeah anymore, but then but... You, you did fight the metal gear uh rex i think is the name of it oh yeah yeah like what but i mean it's still giant robots i mean oh, there's yeah. there's giant robots with stinger missiles and yeah. ninja samurai oh, oh yeah yeah that, that was in that game too yeah 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 and so by the way i i say all this uh dear listener and really I, I say all this i'm not even a huge metal gear solid guy like i'm not a metal gear guy i i barely played most of the games but that is just i i can recognize and appreciate the art on display mm-hmm. in this game is fucking incredible. Yeah, and I think the other the other big thing was just like um, the game mechanics when you I don't know if you if it was when you beat the game, um, but either getting like the uh, infinite cloaking device or infinite ammo. Oh yeah, yeah. It depends I, on who you save. Uh, yeah, if you I, take Meryl, you get the ammo, and if you take Otacon, you get the it, the stealth. And Otacon, of course, is canonical. Yeah, yeah. It is, if I recall. Like, you didn't have to, like, get, like, an A ranking for that. You just had to beat the game. And that was sweet. Because, like, you know, there's certain games, like, like the one above Resident Evil, where, like, the only way to, like, 
get the mega awesome stuff is you got to play the whole game with a knife only. But like, if you can play the whole game with a knife only, why would you care about getting a rocket launcher? I would not want to play that game ever again. Yeah, fight so. the giant metal uh, T-Rex inspired mech with a knife. <laughs> Look out, he's got a knife. But oh, I, I will say, I played the, did you ever play the driver game? No. I hate that game so much. <laughs> I, I completely and utterly hate that game. Well, I've got nothing to say about it. All right, Ruli, before we move on to news, who is our sponsor for this evening? After these messages, we'll be right back. Sponsor for this evening is Driverman. The real, the real man is back. Oh, dear um, Christ. Do you want to spend an hour on a training mission that, that is the hardest part of the game and that makes the entire game easy? Driver, you are the wheelman. Best game ever. Just kidding. No, it's horrible. So if this were to uh, get made into a movie, would it be sponsored by Uber or Lyft? Uh, I don't know. Oh, they're whatever. I don't know. It's supposed to be a bad joke, but which one's worse? <laughs> well, they're, they're both pretty bad. That's why. So, but no, 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 I'll give you the short story on this one. So, please. Um, there's like a training level, right? And like, it's like, it's like, um, it introduces you to like the game mechanics or whatever. So like, you're in a uh, a parking garage, and it's just like you gotta do these like ten stunt things to like do the game, you know, to actually start the game. And it, it might have been younger, not good with games Raul, as opposed to older, not good ga- with games Raul, but like, I just couldn't beat that, that that training mission thing. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then once I got really good at it, then I'm like, the rest of the game was like super easy. And I'm like, why did they, why did they make me go through this torturous thing for like the rest of the game? Dude, it's which like, is it's like, like fucking boot camp. They taught you how to live. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right, uh, fuck yeah. it. Let's get to the news. Good news, everyone. Great news, everyone. Bad news, everyone. Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. You are. News. All right, really, I got, I got a handful of headlines here. So let's let's roll through these. By the way, I kicked, I kicked cold turkey going to Reddit for like three weeks now. So you'll notice Fun. all my articles come from Kotaku and IGN. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to my typical reddit links so uh first one right here this is just a short one really what's the headline ah uh, wait 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 wait, wait. Now, now i have to go to slack right because everything's no, no, all no, over I the place it, I put it in mumble oh you put it in mumble? mumble okay uh what is this one the creator of cowboy bebop is coming back with a new anime john yeah. wick director chad stelvisky will contribute fight choreography to the series um Okay, sure. I guess it's a thing. What? You're not interested in this? Ah. Uh, uh, so I have extreme fondness for Cowboy Bebop, and I actually uh, rewatched a bunch of episodes not that long ago, and I would yeah, tell but, you it holds up. So yeah, but what what are your feelings about Samurai Champloo and Wolf Rain? Come on. <laughs> uh, Samurai Champloo, I enjoyed, but not nearly as much as Cowboy Bebop. Part of that might just be the love for science fiction. Yeah. Wolf Rain is so god awful. It's so yes, bad. So, so I've I, so I recall bad. the hype train for Wolf Rain, and very quickly, everyone was like, "Oh, okay." Um, I I may revisit that series. Maybe I might appreciate it more. But I think at the, it's because Cowboy Bebop is just so good. It's just so good. It's it so is. unique. It's so stylized. You can't. It, it it's almost like a shame that having a, your name associated with that and then trying to one up that because it's just it's it's impossible, unfortunately. Um, okay, so I'm I'll, gonna I'm gonna I'll read check you it out. I'm gonna read a paragraph out of this, and this is very red flag. Okay, so I want <laughs> okay. you to tell me 
what you think about when I read this. Okay. The name of the upcoming anime series is Lazarus. According to Variety, the anime, which is already in production, takes place in the year 2052 and follows the story of a, quote, Nobel-winning neuroscientist who con- uh, concocts a cure-all drug called Hapuna. I don't know. Now, here's the red flag. Ready? Mm-hmm. However, the drug has a dire side effect that results in death of its users three years after they use it. Please so, don't be topical. Please don't be topical. Please don't be topical. <laughs> so can you just keep taking the drug every three years? Because then it's not a cure-all, is it? Ah, the holy grail <laughs> solution. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just like, please, the whole, like, we were talking about Carmack became an asshole. We've talked so much about so many people. I'm just not even going to listen to them become assholes. Please, Wantanabe, don't be an anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorist. <laughs> oh, fuck it. All right. Moving on. Well, hold, hold up. You just you just glossed over the whole John Wick thing, too. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I mean, I, I love all the John Wick choreography i think it's fun and it's kind of it's kind of interesting how at times john wick kind of slowly enters the cartoonish looney tunes choreography type thing <laughs> yeah um gratuitous yeah, that, at points th- that, that knife fight has it just was like one of the best silliness you know fights ever um second only said, to john wick falling downstairs for nine hours <laughs> um that being said though like obviously like the appeal of the john wick films is that raw grittiness that you get from having people you know choreograph the fights kind of knowing about you know all the training that keanu reeves does and all the you know all the the stunt people really it is their job to you know be professional martial arts artists to do all this crazy stuff hell yeah um that 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 appeal to me just kind of drops when you start talking about animation because like I, i i get that the choreography is important but like I don't want raw greediness in my animation. I want to see people jumping over like, you know, five, you know, buildings and punching people in the face and flying or whatever. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that translates to what's going on. Because I mean, I could see one side of it where just like it is kind of like that, that springboard to do crazy, silly things. And the other one is just like, it's literally just like, put a cartoon filter on any john wick scene and it's probably gonna be like <laughs> the equivalent so I, I don't know i mean i do remember loving all the cowboy view fight scenes so i think i think choreography is tough you know actually zach and i just did christopher nolan's top movies and i made the criticism that of all the things christopher nolan is amazing at and there are many things he's amazing at fight choreography is not among them mm. so i i don't know i i do i i get your point i absolutely do it could be animated over the top it no longer feels realistic but actually i hope quite the opposite i hope that that director will make this feel more grounded and that that will be what makes it awesome. But we'll see. And that would be a shame. Wah, wah, wah. So. Next headline. <laughs> Next headline. Everything is from Kotaku, isn't it? <laughs> I got I got X- a few more that are not, but Xbox we'll see how many we get through. Just got a huge library of classic retro games. As Dream Arcade is rough around the edges, but I still want it to succeed. So what does it actually have? So I didn't actually look through all the things it has, but I think it's really cool that Microsoft is bringing, I didn't know what Antstream was part of this, but it's bringing this huge retro game collection to, I believe it's Game Pass. Burger time. Hey man, I, you know how much burger time I played as a kid? We had that on that, no, that, that same that's, computer that's I talked why, about Doom 386. That's why oh. I called it. I'm like, give me some root beer tapper, please. Yep. Original arcade versions of Mortal Kombat. It's on here, baby. <laughs> Gauntlet. Fucking great fucking game. Okay. Rampart, Double Dragon. So yeah, 
I just think this is cool. Uh, you know, there's lots of talk about game preservation and how there was an article recently, like 87 plus percent of all video games are really no longer accessible. That almost seems uh, an underestimate to me. <laughs> um, I, you know, I just think this stuff is cool. I, I think it's awesome to put the stuff out in front of people. And especially we've talked before about if you make it hard, people are ultimately going to pirate it. <coughs> 3DS. <laughs> um, so I, I just like to see stuff like this. It's maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it's not going to be used by a large number of people. But I think these are great projects. And I, I'm just so excited to just see it exist. I think it's awesome. Cool. Moving on. Okay, we'll do. We will do a. You know, let's do one more headline, and then we'll go on to the trailers. This is not from Kotaku. Tell dear listener what we're about to watch. Not watch. Jesus, fuck. It's not a trailer. Fuck me. This is a trailer. Well, we're not going to watch the trailer. Okay, well, we're going to we talk watch about the trailer. the trailer. I guess we can do it, too. Nah, what is- nah, I think there's another trailer coming soon. Anyways, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, official 4K Ultra HD trailer. So yeah, in celebration a, a, of the film's 30th anniversary? No, this can't be 30 years old. No. Yep. With the, the <laughs> late, great Kevin Conroy. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, it's really cool that uh, this is getting a 4K. Now, I didn't read through the article to see... I'm assuming they rescanned the whole thing, which is fucking incredible. Digital restoration was applied to 4K scans to remove dirt. Yeah, they rescanned and remade the whole mm-hmm. fucking thing. So I think that's amazing. I think that's awesome. It takes them a shit ton of work. I remember mm-hmm. going to the Fathom Events screenings when they were doing that for uh, The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. But also, I think I mentioned this on the cast. Recently, there was a fan-made AI-created up-res of Farscape. And I watched a bunch of that. I watched the whole first season before it got taken down. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, the the 4K upgrades really are incredible. All the original fuzz of old-school television and the old... I mean, you can't get rid of the aspect ratio, but... You could just see detail like you never could before. And so, you know, we already had the AI conversation, but this is something we didn't talk about and we should have. I hope there is more uprezzing and restoration of uh, movies and TV shows and animation because I think that's fucking awesome. And it's it makes, again, a more enjoyable experience. And this is something that is old school restoration. It's fucking phenomenal. But again, if it's lower cost, you can expect Mm -hmm. companies to do it. And I think that's really cool. Actually, one of the podcasts I listened to called Laser Time, uh, Vigigame Apocalypse, one of the things on their network, was actually one of the guys was talking about how, hey, you know what job you're not going to be pissed off about if people lose it to AI is just, you know, um, re-releasing and uprising old video games. Because right now, mm-hmm. no one will do it. The limited run crew is incredible. Uh, thank you, Modern Vintage Gamer. That guy's amazing over there. They're releasing lots of old games and uprising them. But it costs really brilliant engineers years of time, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. Whereas AI can upscale this shit. That's fucking awesome. Okay, I just rambled a lot. You did ramble a lot. Yeah, sorry. Quite a bit. So I, I have a very sad and Cut tragic. Me off next time. I, I have a sad and tragic confession to make. God fucking damn it. <laughs> um. So the TV that I have, I've had it for like six years, and I have not upgraded to anything like beyond whatever it's at right now. Um, granted, I have, like, a shit ton of, like, random computer monitors that probably have way better resolution than my TV, <laughs> but it's, I, I got a nice plasma TV a while back, and, like, I, I, plasma TVs are awesome, and they were awesome at the time. I'm getting a little bit of burden now, so oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, you're the, the plasma's old school as fuck. 
oh, but the blacks are so much blacker and everything's so much darker. And it's, <laughs> Is it it's, Olad has... good at blacks? I forget. I, so, I think so. But so, and, look, dude, and... I, I also don't have a great TV. Um, I think it is technically 4K, but nothing that I watch is 4K at all. Mm-hmm. There is still a difference between 1080p and old school low-res shit. Like when you watch an oh, old yeah, DVD, yeah. You, can, you can totally tell, even if you're not on a 4K TV. So oh, yeah. there is, I think there's a world of difference between standard definition and even 1080. Yeah. So I, I will be planning an upgrade sometime within the next three years, depending on how much I get YouTube burned into my plasma TV, <laughs> which is a problem I didn't think I was going to have, but whatever. That means you got your money's worth. Bravo, sir. Bravo. All okay. right, Ruli, let's move on to trailers. Ooh, can I, can I bring up one news item? Okay, so it's I, I'm going to put it in, in the uh, pa- pessimistically optimistic. I don't know. Do I, I, I get a link? This, uh, there is no link. I'm just going to tell you a story. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay, so... I'm just resting my eyes. I swear I'm listening. Just relax, relax. So, apparently, there was a Korean study that was just dropped days, yesterday, maybe two days ago, about this, like, room temperature superconductor magic thing, whatever. But basically, it's either we're all getting fooled or we may be on the verge of some super mega awesome scientific breakthroughs. The paper's been out for a couple of days. Supposedly, folks are going to try to recreate it to see if it's ridiculous. There's a big camp that's like saying, like, hey, this, this seems kind of plausible. This might work. Another camp just basically saying this is this is lies and don't believe anything. But, you know, it's I, I want some happy science news. So if we have this magic thing that could, you know, lead to actual like real world, you know, Star Trek-y type things, then <laughs> by all means, let's let's be happy about it. So we'll see how it goes. So ask me about it next week. Well, if you're talking about Star Trek-y technology, did you watch any of the uh, testimonies on the not, what, what is it, U- UAPs? They don't call them UFOs anymore. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, do we want to get and open that can of worms up? <laughs> Not really. We can do something fun with aliens or something next week. Uh, let's, let's let's save it all for next week. Okay, deal. All right, trailers, trailers coming soon to a cinema near you. In a land that no, in a land in a time. Nah, I don't think so. In a land before time. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Really, I can't believe they are still making these fucking shows, but they are, and so I don't care, but we're going to watch it anyway. Ugh, all right. Tell dear listener what you're about to begrudgingly watch. The Walking Dead, colon, Daryl Dixon, official trailer. So, I stopped watching Walking Dead after season three, I think, and they, they ended on 11, I think? And mm-hmm. apparently, Carol and Daryl survived the entire show. Spoilers. <laughs> but then the actress who played Carol couldn't come back for the show. It was supposed to be the two of them. And then for whatever reason, and I, I don't know if it was a personal thing or what, I hope she's fine, they couldn't get her to come back, so now it's just the Daryl show. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, well, at least I remember even back in season three, those were, like, th- one of the best sets of characters. But I don't know. They, what are they doing with this show? Like, it just doesn't ever end. <laughs> Did you watch any of it? Like, is there anything left to say? I feel like zombies are so played out. And to Walking Dead's credit, I think it was a huge, uh, one of the big reasons that that craze kicked off, at least in like the realism aspect. But what, I don't know, man, do you have anything to say about Walking Dead before we watch this stupid trailer? Um, okay, so I read all the comic and I loved it. 
And I think one of the things that I love the most about the comic is it literally ended abruptly without telling anyone anything about it happening. Um, to the point where, like, you know, just like there's like previews of covers of like the upcoming episodes or up- up- upcoming comics. Uh, Robert Kirkman literally had a bunch of fake comic, you know, covers out for a while. And everyone was just like, what? Oh, it's over now. Oh, wow. But it also, it's just like this relief of like, it's over now. Thank you. <laughs> Versus <laughs> um, this won't die, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I thought it was really good. I thought it, it like, it did the time jumpy thing where it's just like Carl was an adult and everything and yada, yada, yada. It, 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 it left a lot wide open for, you know, them to come back and dip their toes in the universe if they want to. Surprise, arise, there's still zombies and everything, but it's, it's whatever. Society's getting back. Um, but I think for me, though, it's just like the comic source material was so good. And the execution of the TV show, when it stuck with the comic for, I want to say, the first season or so, it was phenomenal. After a while, it just kind of meandered. Um, I think there was one season that was really, really good where, that that had nothing to do with the comic, and it was just basically like, oh, there's a herd of like zombies coming over it. I think it was like five or six episodes of just them doing all the prep and dealing with it and everyone's perspective on it. That was awesome. Um, but other than that, like I don't know. For me, it just it uh it meandered and just wandered too much for me to really enjoy it. So it was kind of kind of a bummer, but. I mean, I'm glad that I, I know Daryl's just would have been the favorite for a lot of things, I, for whatever reason. Could could be stinky urban dude guy. I don't know, whatever. But people <laughs> love him. People love him. So more, more power to that. I, I'm I'm not gonna watch this show. I mean, if people tell me it's good, I still won't watch it. I'm just I'm just burnt out on it. Well, then I'll make you watch the fucking trailer. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, play. If I don't make it back. If I don't make it back. I tried. I tried. Like, it's it's so funny how, like, whatever. Kill any of this if you need to. But in the world of post-pandemic and pre-pandemic, um... I know that they were like making this big deal about they're going to do like a Rick Grimes movie, yada yada yada, all this well, other stuff. They and have then, a, they have a teaser out for that. There is a Rick Grimes show starring him and Michonne. They got them back. There's going to be another show. I don't know if it's a maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a miniseries. I don't know. But that is happening. Mm-hmm. Wait, he's it's Daryl Dixon goes to France. Oh well, fuck it, I'm in now, baby. Let's I mean, kill a zombie France? with a baguette. <laughs> How did he get there? What's going on? Oh no, now it's The Last of Us. He's helping a kid or some shit. <laughs> and there's a bunch of nuns. Please tell me this turns into the the scene from Monty Python the Holy Grail. <laughs> you must give us all a good spanking. We were very naughty. We let in the zombies. And then the oral sex. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't see him as Daryl Dixon anymore. I just see him as the dude from the, uh... Saints. No, no, the Hirokujima game, whatever, the, uh... Oh, Walking Simulator. Yeah, Walking UPS Simulator Plus Plus. I, I, I've enjoyed what little bits I've played. I hear it's great. I mean, I don't care, but it's yeah. Kojima being weird again. Yeah. I, I uh, you know, watched a story summary, and that sounded interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? We're talking about everything but this stupid trailer, and it looks fine! Like, it looks fine. Like, again, everything looks great, right? High production values, great actors, budgets. I just, I don't know, man. Like, it just feels so played out and tired. Conceptually, I just can't get past it. Yeah, it's... 
I, I think for me it was just like a lot of the. Um, Hell, I'm still trying. Between the original show, the comic book, and some of the video games that were phenomenal, the quality of storytelling was just so good that it makes me it really hard to kind of trudge through the BS to kind of get to the good parts when yeah. I'm just like, yeah, other things were just executed so well, and it's just like, I. I can't think of more tropes or kind of like subversions to dig to dive into in a post-pandemic world where I'm like, no one's going to even believe they're zombies while they're getting their heads bitten off. Like this is just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it, I, this only just occurred to me right now, so maybe I'm wrong. But this show was birthed before the true rise of streaming, right? This was a show that was around right when Netflix was starting to come into power. And so it was still, a, it is still, I guess, a conventional television show, which needs, frankly, even though they have much smaller runs than they used to, filler episodes. So I wonder if that's a big part of it, that everything else just feels tighter because there's fewer episodes or longer production seasons, where this is maybe the last of the major, and I'm probably wrong about that, but the last of the major, you know, pre-written television shows, non-reality bullshit. I don't know, maybe that's why it, it feels so much more stretched than some of the mm. others. I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. All right, final trailer for the evening, Ruli. This is the one. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited. Oh my god, Zach's not here for this, and fuck that guy. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Ruli, what are we about to watch? Castlevania colon Nocturne Pipe. Official teaser trailer for a whopping 2.30. Two minutes and 30 right. seconds. Pipe Netflix. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. We all love the Castlevania anime. We just talked about Castlevania Symphony Night, and this is... Rondo of Blood is the game that came before Symphony of the Night. So this is Richter. This is that character. Uh, we can assume, I don't know if it'll be in the trailer, we can assume Alucard will show up because he's a major player in this. Oh man, I'm excited. We just, we loved that original series. I'm pretty sad they broke up the band because the three leads were so fucking awesome. But hey man, more animated Castlevania. What are you, you excited? You hyped? Oh, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think they needed to break up the band because I, I think it's given the stuff that they have to do. It's, a, it's almost very similar to the Walking Dead conversation, right? It's just like, what else can you do that would be different? More of the same is always fine. But yeah. I, I, I think they did a great job with those three seasons with what they had. I think after that, it's just going to be like eh. four. There were four seasons. Well, the first season was four uh, fucking episodes. Yeah, so. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't really count that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's fucking do this. Three, two, one, play. I'm hot. Oh, I'm stoked. Whippity whip, whip, whip. Little boy Belmont. Your mama took someone from me I loved. I could kill you too. Ooh, vampire revenge. I will. One day. One day. So he literally created Batman. Dumb <laughs> motherfucker. This art style looks a little different than the original show. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they've got a different production department or whatever. How much pain is in your soul? How much sadness is loss? This 
so-called revolution. Revolution. Oh. It's an abomination. Will he meet up with Daryl Dixon in France, eh? Abomination <laughs> will soon be over. I hope the main character's not too emo, because one of the fun things about Trevor was him being a drunk asshole. <laughs> the power of light will eat the sun. Eat the sun, how delicious. To crush the revolution, she will want to drain it slowly of blood before she grinds its bones to dust. Ooh, okay, we got whip action, baby. <laughs> I don't have a bondage fetish. I have a Castlevania fetish. It's a. It, <laughs> they both involve whips. But they're different. Oh, okay. We have another mage like Sypha. Oh, it's great. Yeah, so I see Belmont's, I guess, two magic people. Oh, someone's going Super Saiyan or some shit. <laughs> we got an eclipse and a I demon. Victor Belmont. Wow, no, no Dracula, no Alucard, huh, and not not really any spoilers in that, which I'm kind of nice, I really don't, I mean, it's in France, I don't really know what it's about, so, okay, okay, I'm still in, I don't know, maybe maybe fanservice can be a little more hyped, but uh, I'm, I'm in. Oh well, yeah, no, I'm definitely in, and, and I think, at least with these shows, um, but they've only been like, what, four to eight episodes each? Uh, no, the first season was four, and I think each subsequent season was ten, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, I'm assuming this is ten episodes, although I'm not actually sure if that, uh, has actually been announced. When does this premiere? September 28th. Get fucking ready. To get I am ready. fucking hype. So ready, so ready. Oh, man. All right, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any views or opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them, not of their friends, family, co-hosts, or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you very much for respecting our individuality. Ruly, will we be back next week? I uh, should be around. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, thanks again. I've, I've, I missed you, man. This is, uh, we have a huge gap between uh, 99 and 300. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just glad to, to settle back in and just hang out. Oh, yeah, likewise, likewise. Glad to kind of get back to normal. Hit the listicles. All right, and we're going out on... Uh, so, someone played me a song, and I have to go out on this. You know the Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire? Yeah. Did you know that Fallout Boy made a new version of that song? Yeah, that's horrible. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's what you expect it to be. Oh. It, it was, it's good. It's, it's very, um, it's a product of its time. There you go. Well, it's playing right now. So until right. next time, dear listener, QQ. Wow. Wow. I just got bored. Everybody out.